Hi, I'm James. I'm Camille. And we are the Clean Edges, and today we're joined by our special guests, David Wilson and Samia Bray. Black Environmental Leaders Association was founded was around this notion of uh, what, what we call AI Square, which is advocate, incubate, and inform. Um, and we, we understand that this is a conversation that's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable uh, because it requires not only a, a shift in the way you think, but it also requires a shift in the way you act, in the way you live. Because what, what we know is that just because your experience is different doesn't, doesn't mean that someone else's experience is invalid. We believe that the more information, contextualized information, information that comes from a place of a lived experience where you are bringing a perspective that is true, authentic, genuine to the conversation, that right there can spark a conversation that is rooted in a place of understanding rather than a place of fear. And so when, when we, we come to the table, we bring, you know, we bring, we bring not only the, the facts, um, you know, the, the science behind it, but also that lived experience. You know, and I, and I we have many, many examples, and we were just actually yeah. talking of one be, before this, that we, we have leaders within our association that have dealt with uh, the impacts of, of you know, even, even just living in a community that is filled with toxins such as lead and having to deal with that not only on a day-to-day basis, but, but generations. Generational. That, that becomes a data point for some people. We are trying to bring that into the light and say there are people that are affected by this every day. People that look just like you and me that are not data points. And that is, that is really kind of the, the platform we are hoping to engage. Um, and so we, we have several different programs where, where we do that, where we, we are going out and informing people through uh, what we, we have a, a, a series of town halls, virtual town halls that we call Black Landscapes Matter, where we, we are having the similar conversations just like this around uh, communities across Ohio. Um, there's another series that, that, that speaks to what is happening in the in, in environment and energy, energy jobs and justice act, which we'll, we'll get into in a moment, mm-hmm. uh, which is called Ohio voices informing energy choices, energy choices. It's, it's a mouthful, but, um, really we are hoping that through these conversations, like I said, the conversation we're having right now, it's a chance to bring awareness, understanding, information that isn't isn't just something that that is a data point but is something that people could relate to and touch and feel because climate change uh, you know that is that is a really big and daunting and can become an overwhelming subject but when you when when you kind of drill it down to really to, to what's... You know, I'm a data... I'm a science nerd. Yes. Yeah, I'm a data nerd. So I think about, you know, the simple conversation around climate change for me starts with a tree, right? We breathe out carbon dioxide. The tree transforms that into oxygen and any type of green does that. And so if we make choices that remove those trees or we make choices that increase the carbon dioxide, now we take that balance off. 
And then I get real simple with it. And I say, I don't know if you all remember, but I know when I was little, a lady to have a runner in her stocking, that was kind of embarrassing. So if you imagine the ozone layer being thin like a stocking, and that if you get a run in it, you get a hole in it, it's not too good. And if you rip that open, it gets even worse. Um, at that point, some of my scientist friends kind of cringe because they're like, hey, we spend years and years documenting all of this climate stuff. And I said, and you do. And the average person has no idea what you're talking about. But when I say, if you imagine a stocking that you ripped a hole in it, and now whatever you were trying to keep inside the stocking is coming out, most people understand what that means. You know, everybody's had that sock with the toe that popped out. So we kind of know what that looks like. And then we say now what that turns into is our world now heats up and it heats up and it heats up. And after a point, one of the things that I get excited about is nature will recover. We may not. And we've done it to ourselves. And so if we just keep on be like, I know, like you said, I know it's not real. The interesting thing about the truth is it doesn't desire, it doesn't require us to agree with it for it to be true. And so, yeah, adults were taught because other adults were profiting from the choices that were causing the climate change, that climate change isn't real. If that's the case, you all, again, I get really excited. Y'all don't have to take all those layers off. You don't have to fight through the scripting and the teaching that was implanted in some of us that are a little bit older that says, no, that's not real, right? Y'all don't have to take that off. But what you can do is you can lockstep with individuals like us who did. We can share our wisdom. You all take your energy. And like I said, these hairs on my head are gray. Time is doing what time does. I could dye it black, but it doesn't matter. It's still gray underneath. You all are the leaders. You don't have to wait till tomorrow to be a leader. And I'm a mom of four. There are things that I have done in my life that if it was for me to do just for myself, I wouldn't have done it because I would have been scared of my scripting. But when I looked into my child's eyes and I said, I cannot let my child think that this is okay. Somehow I found courage that I didn't even realize I had. You all don't understand the power that you have. There are adults who love you that will totally change their position because it's something that you want. Y'all know, y'all look like y'all got a little spoiled in your life, right? <laughs> I want it. Mama will make a change on that bill to make sure you get what you want. Those are the powerful things that you all have as leaders, as young leaders. And the day will come where we will transition out and you will move into the seats that we sit in. Or you will make seats that never even existed before. And when you do that, what decisions are you making? Are you making decisions that will get us balanced back to the ecosystem where we're not putting out too much carbon so much carbon that the greenery in our world cannot recover. That's a decision that you all need to make. And I know you can. I know you can. I'm excited about it. I was going to ask, too, have you ever, like, heard about, like, food deserts and stuff going on in Cleveland, too? Do you guys do anything to, like, help with that or advocate or assist? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. We, we have members within our association that are working and or around urban farming, you know, specific to food deserts and healthy food, access to healthy foods. 
you know, in, in a lot of these conversations too, they are not only they are not necessarily unique to just Cleveland. We're, we're hearing this in the conversations that we've had statewide as well. And so we, we had a series in Columbus around urban farming, the state of urban farming, and you know, food deserts, and what what, what does it mean to have access to to healthy, clean food and water? Um, yeah, these are conversations that. That, that our members are, are having. Um, and, and our members, they really, the Black Environmental Leaders Association, we represent both the, the natural and the built environment. So we're having conversations across the environmental spectrum um, where it's, it's, not just, it's not just food, it's, it's also land issues, it's, it's transportation issues, it's energy issues, it's issues related to our water, to our air. There are leaders within every, every imaginable uh, sector within the environment that are dealing with these issues, um, and so yes, for for example, you know, I'll 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 give a shout out to um, the the Waltons, Veronica and Mike Walton, um, and and their organization, Food Depot to Health, uh, where they are working on the east side of Cleveland, um, specific around how can we bring a you know how can we bring awareness to healthy healthy eating and and it's not only healthy eating but it's healthy living as well when you have good foods and and healthy foods that that improves so much of of, of everything else it's it improves your, your your health obviously but also the community around you and so they're doing and have been doing work around you know not not only access to healthy food but education around being able to grow your own food the the effects that that has on healthy communities so we're we're just again you know that that is one one section within our association that that we, we like to highlight but it, it is a platform that um you know we see as incredibly important especially when we talk about cleveland and like like a lot of midwest post-industrial cities where, where you have seen population decline that also brings with it you know a lot of a lot of vacant land um, and the impacts that that has on on a city, on communities that that live w- within you know what essentially amounts to a lot of empty space, bringing either no or negative value to a community. You know there are there are people within our association that are rethinking what what could a healthier connection to land be, and so that that's just one example. Yeah, I also would add to that to say that. Um, our work spans the entire gamut, right? So there's the folks at the local level who are like the Waltons, who are getting families engaged. They even got me growing food. Uh, <laughs> look, one of the byproducts of me being the first one from my family, being in the north, that you know, they, everybody was like, "Me, you know, I didn't touch dirt. You know, I was the book kid. You know, I was the study kid." And in some ways, and that's that, those layers that I was talking about, in some ways, my society, when I was growing up, told me that that was country stuff, touching the dirt. You know, you don't, you're a professional. You don't do dirt. You don't grow things, right? And it was almost like it was something nasty or wrong with it, right? So the Waltons actually got me growing stuff. I have my little seeds for Earth Day. I have my little grow light. I was doing my th- And I'll tell you guys an interesting story, and then I will bring it back. I started in my garage, right? I was like, okay, I'm going to grow. I had my little seedlings. They were coming up. And then one day I looked over under my grow light, and I was like, what is that on top of my 
And it was a little chipmunk who had gotten in my garage and had eaten all the seeds. And then it stuffed its little self and then it fell over. And I called the Waltons because I was like, okay, you know, I'm touching dirt. I'm doing this thing. <laughs> now the little chipmunk dead on top of my seeds. What do I do? What do I do? And they said to me, they said, well, you know, the earth doesn't waste anything. And it turns into compost. And, it, and I was like, wait, okay, so here we go. This is the best that I can do. I can pour this dirt and those seeds into the compost bin. I'm not getting ready to eat anything that come out of these right here. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm not that far with this thing. But what I can do is this. I can start over again. And so it was with their support. And you talked about food deserts. I will say to the audience, hot fries, soda are not food groups. When you put those things into your body, your body cannot use it. It cannot turn it into energy. It either turns into fat or it turns into something that is going to cause your body to break down faster than it should. Live food is what you need to eat. If it's nothing but an apple and there are live food that you can grow on a windowsill of your home. So that's part of the food desert conversation. But the other part of the food desert conversation is at the policy level. We have members that are going to the state house that are working with legislators to change legislation that makes things like urban gardening more efficient and effective. Because right now there are laws on the book that will limit urban gardening. And so there are people who are also at that level. So we are attacking it at all levels. It's like, do what you can yourself, advocate with others locally and teach others locally, and then also advocate and make changes at the state level so that if someone wants to do these things, they actually can because they're not limited by the law. There's a lot of laws that were created. History was not very important to me in high school. I'll just be honest with you all. It has become important to me because I understand now that there were laws that were created that are on our books today that were created in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s. And those are what are guiding the decisions today. So now put that math together. If Think about where the mindset was in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s about people in the urban core or people who are of color. And understand that those laws are still governing in some ways how we live today. If those are the rule, the rule of the game is the rule of the game, they're still impacting us today. So we've got to change those while we're changing our mind, while we're standing up for what we understand to be a better way for all people. So you mentioned that you all do town halls. and mm -hmm. um, I know you have one coming up on the 28th, I believe it is. The yes. So could you speak to some of the goals and the purpose mm -hmm. of this town hall and some of the things you plan on uh, addressing? Yeah, so that one is Ohio Voices Informing Energy Choices. And I do apologize because they left me by myself and we had to give it a title. <laughs> and I told them, y'all know I'm not the marketing person. <laughs> so I was trying to do a sing song. I was, I was feeling my Dr. Seuss days. So it came out as energy, Ohio Voices Informing Energy Choices. And these are conversations around legislation, the Energy Jobs and Justice Act. And this, uh, the Energy Jobs and Justice Act, is legislation as we looked at House Bill 6 and we looked at how uh, later we've learned that $61 million was put into the hands of various individuals for that legislation to pass. You think about $61 million is a lot of money to get somebody to vote a certain kind of way. We could keep chasing that 
or we made a different decision. And the decision was to say, what does good energy policy look like? And let's try to move that. We don't have $61 million, but we do know that across the country, there is good energy policy legislation that has passed across the country. Let's learn from those best practices. Let's put that in a package that fits within Ohio. And let's try to get that through get that through. And so Ohio Voices Informing Energy Choices is a way for people to join us on Facebook Live on um, next, well, on that Thursday and hear young people. As a matter of fact, our next one is going to be young people talking about what they think that legislation should have in it. And we're using that information to inform. Because, you know, sometimes people go to meetings and they be like, the people said this and the people said that and the people said the other thing. And you know in your head you're like, you know, people said that. You just think that and you just saying that people say that. So Ohio Voices Informing Energy Choices is a way for us to continue to hear the voices of the people that we say that we're representing. And so that when we are representing them at the state level, we really are representing their authentic voice. We're not guessing what they mean. We're not saying what we hope they mean. We're repeating what they actually told us. And the Energy Jobs and Justice Act has three main components. One is equity. We've talked a little bit about that today. The second would be um, carbon reduction. We also kind of talked about that. We need that carbon reduction so that our earth doesn't continue to heat up and so that we can continue to live here. And then the third being accountability and transparency. There are laws on the books that, again, were from the 30s, the 40s, and the 50s that are still impacting our energy legislation and the choices and how people can do things. And a lot of those things are the things that got us in the place that we are right now, which is why we needed $61 million to make that thing do what it's doing. So we are advocating for more progress. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Cleanagers. The Cleanagers are brought to you by Black Girl Media and Youth Opportunities Unlimited. This episode features James, Camille, and our very special guests, David Wilson and Samia Bray from the Black Environmental Leaders Association. Learn more about the Black Environmental Leaders Association at the link down below.